Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Varsity Videos, brought to you by the OHIO Podcast. Here at Varsity Videos, we review and rank sports films from the Super Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. I am your host, Chris Wilds, a self-proclaimed popcorn expert and a podcaster. And today I am joined by my co-host, Eric Boggs. Eric, how is things today? Things are great today. It's been a busy day, but uh, as we pre-record this for everybody... um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying life, man, man, getting ready to go on a little vacation this weekend. Yeah, I wish I could say the same. I got a little bit of uh, flea market action going this weekend up there in Tiffin, so a little pop-up store going this weekend. But, uh, you know, thinking about having the wife and kids come up and do a little vacay in the evening. So Nice. You know, that, that might be some fun thing to do this weekend uh, as well. Uh, well, Eric, you know, I just I want to jump right in and get going because we've got a really great movie to discuss tonight. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we got a little bit of mo- movie news we always like to start with. Well, I'm going to tell you, I had a little bit of trouble finding any sports movie news this week. So I'm going to delve out of the realm of sports movies, which we will occasionally do here from time to time. And I want to talk about what's really been in the news lately, and that is the release of Top Gun Maverick. Okay. And it's killing it at the box office, Eric. I don't know if you saw this, but in its four-day opening weekend, it did $156 million. As of today, in less than two weeks, it is at $550 million at the box office. Eric, this movie, in less than two weeks, has already become Tom Cruise's highest-grossing domestic film ever. Wow, ever. This, This is from the guy who has done Risky Business, the original Top Gun, The Color Money with Paul Newman, you know, Cocktail, uh, Born on the Fourth of July, which was a, a tremendous film, A Few Good Men with Nicholson, you know, the Mission Impossible movies. He's done all these. This is his highest grossing movie ever, and it's only less than two weeks in to its release. Yeah, just I, an astonishing fact. I, I mean. just looked up the box office mojo numbers. Yeah. Like – it's less than a hundred, a hundred million from hitting Dr. Strange already. Yes. Yes. Which, which was the highest grossing film this year thus far. Um, it's going to surpass, it ba- it's going to surpass Batman by the end of the week, probably. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I don't, have you had the opportunity to see this movie yet? Not yet. Um, we went and watched the Batman in movie theaters and the wife and I obviously wanted to go see Top Gun. I just I typically don't go the first opening weekend of a film. I did for the Batman, but I typically don't, Chris. 
I like to go when the 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 theater's not nearly as packed, so I can kind of yeah. just sprawl out and take take my time. But well, you and I aren't little guys, so I understand. <laughs> you got it. So so I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Probably maybe uh, not this week, upcoming weekend, but the following weekend we'll probably go catch it. I I love Top Gun the original, and from mm-hmm. what I've heard, this one is fantastic. Maybe even better. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris, they've already green lit. Um, and started discussion discussions for a third Top Gun movie. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, from what I hear, uh, Tom Cruise just tremendous. Miles Teller, uh, did they not do a great job with him making him look like Anthony Edwards' character in the original? Goose 2.0, right? Yeah, really. And I heard that his performance is absolutely tremendous. Of course, John Hamm is in this movie who we're going to talk about a little bit later as we we dive into our movie for this week. Uh, and of course, Ed Harris, you know, just a tremendous actor as well. I can't wait to go out and see it. My plans are possibly that may also be something that we have on our weekend agenda. You know, we got a lot of great drive-ins still in Ohio, Eric, which is we do. something that a lot of places don't have. Uh, is there and one over in Kenton? There's one you? in Canton that I okay. love to go to. I thought so. Uh, Tiffin also has, actually has one, I believe, just outside yes. of Tiffin. Yes, they do. Yes, they so, do. And, of course, I think the one in uh, uh, Ontario over by Mansfield is still open as well. Um, and they've got a real – got a newer one over on um, – over near uh, – right in as you're going into Mansfield. I can't remember what, it, what street it's on, but they've got a newer one over there as well. So, yeah, I mean – and, and, you know, for, for, again, guys like us who aren't tiny, that's always a great option and a good time for the family. So <laughs> anyhow, that takes care of our movie news for the week. But we, we've got some movies to rank. We, we are continuing Ooh. our 64 movie challenge this week. And, and we've taken it in a different direction this week as we are going to go ahead and just attack a bracket in this round. And we've decided to do the family-friendly bracket. You know, yeah. Chris, the, the 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 voting on these movies this week was yeah. probably the closest we've seen. Um, I don't know if you've seen had the opportunity to, to watch that and keep track of that, but there were several films where the voting is just neck and neck. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but Facebook changed the um, uh, when you go to vote. Um, yeah. It no longer tells you the number. It just says it gives you percentages now, which I hate. But yeah, um, because I'm like, I'd like I'd rather know like. <laughs> yeah, that's not a physical count. Yeah. But anywho. Um, so this is going to be very, very interesting, Chris, um, as far as um, what you and I decide on these, because I think the fans are might be the, the deciding vote on quite a few of these this week. I think that's possible. So what do you say we dive right on in? Let's do it. Let's just start from the top and, and, and work our way down, shall we? Let's do it. So Kicking and Screaming, which was a number nine film in the family-friendly bracket, it upset a number eight film Little Big League by one vote, 29 to 28 in the first round. And then Searching for Bobby Fisher, which is the number one seed in the uh, family movie bracket, um, it pretty much destroyed Pele, Birth of a Legend, 20 to 3. So this is the first time searching for Bobby Fisher is going to get a challenge, and it is from the number nine seed, Kicking and Screaming, which I know you like. 
So what we're going to do here, Chris, instead of going through and talking about the movies, which we've already done, let's just kind of each mention one thing about each film that you like or a, a performance or an actor or an actress that you thought real, did really good. Something from each film that stands out for us. How about that? Okay, we can go with that. All right. So searching for Bobby Fisher, kicking and screaming. You go up first. I'll follow you and then we'll make our picks. Well, yeah, Bobby Fisher, I, I love I love the story, just the storyline of Bobby Fisher. Um, as far as kicking and screaming goes, I, I could go on for days with things I love in this movie, but I'm going to pick one right now, Eric. I'm just going to say Ditka. <laughs> Ditka. Ditka. Um, so for me, the, the scene – in um, searching for Bobby Fisher near the end, when um, Vinny, which is played by Lawrence Fishburne, is kind of like a streetwise uh, chess player, uh, has that conversation uh, with with uh, with Josh, um, the young the young actor who is the main character in the in the film, and they're talking about Bobby Fisher, and then at the end when Bobby Fisher's there in the park playing. And you yeah. see that that this guy is actually playing for for fun, for the joy of it, as opposed to the pressure behind it. I think that really, to me, speaks to the volume of how we need to let kids be kids and do when when they when they're really good at something, whether it be chess, whether it be a sport, whether it be dancing or singing, whatever. We need to let kids be kids and enjoy that thing for the love of it and not try to push them to a point where it's no longer fun for them. That's the the part of the movie that really speaks to me and kicking and screaming. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. But the thing that always jumps out in my mind is when Will Ferrell's character, Phil is dressed up in like this blue Tony, the tiger, like, yes. like outfit. It kills me, dude. I, I just, I can't get that out of my mind. Whenever I think of that movie, I think of that. So, all right, Chris, there's a couple things from the movies that stood out to us. What do you think, my man? Which one are you going with? Give me a juice box, juice box. I'm going with kicking and screaming. Huh, you know, as much as I as much as I, I think searching for Bobby Fisher is the better film. I don't disagree. I think kicking and screaming is 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 absolutely the funnier film and the one I personally enjoy more. I'm with you. Let's give it the kicking and screaming, man. Let's give that the win, shall we? Let's do it. Now, this is interesting. Are you ready for this? Yes. The fan vote. Of course, I don't know again the totals, but it was 50% to 50% is exact wow. tie. So we obviously broke that tie with kicking and screaming, and kicking and screaming gets to move on to the uh, Sweet 16. Now, what would have been fun, Eric, is if you and I would have disagreed and it was 50-50 on the fan vote. Then we would have had to flip for this bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, number five, Over the Top, versus number four, Invincible. This is a very strong matchup as well. Yes. Um, I'll start first this time, Over Go the ahead. Top. Sylvester Stallone, baby. I just I love his films, especially from the 80s. Um, I think this is a great father son, um, a father son story. And I love the quote 
that I remember reading saying over the top is the worst and at the same time the greatest arm wrestling movie ever made. Meaning I don't know that there's been another one. <laughs> so being the only over arm wrestling movie, I think it, you got to give some credit. The fact that they took something like that and they made this family story wrapped around it. I love that invincible. Gosh, it's, it's, it's one of Mark Wahlberg's probably best movies. I think we actually rated the Mark ranked the Walt, Mark Wahlberg films one time. Yes. Um, and this was definitely both in our top five, if I, if I recall correctly to me, what is, what is underrated about this film is the love story interest in this. Um, I think that that's actually very underrated. And I think Elizabeth Banks as Janet does a fantastic job in this film. Um, and her performance really sticks out to me. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, there's so much to, to really like about both of these movies. Um, uh, in Invincible, obviously, I love the fact that, first of all, it's based on a true story. Um, I think I really love kind of, too, the, the relationship, the rapport between him and his dad. Um, as well as, as just the relationship he has with his, his boys, the guys at the bar, there's some, you know, in a lot of ways, we both, you know, have our feelings about the Sandlot, but that's another movie where it, it's about, about the boys, about the bond, you know? Yep. And, and I think that this carries that into adulthood. And I really love that. And I think it adds to the movie, uh, over the top. Again, so many great things uh, to love about this movie. Um, obviously, you mentioned the father-son aspect. For me, I'm going to throw out something that, you know, maybe is a little bit of uh, underrated, but um, and that is the, the the soundtrack and the way mm. it plays to the movie. Um, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, yes. Yes. I, I, Just tremendous soundtrack for the movie. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of Top Gun, right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Top Gun, right there you go. And, and if I had to choose a favorite scene, I think one of it is, is towards the end there after he wins. And, and you see Robert Loggia, who's this, you know, the the, the big bad guy, grandpa. Uh, you know, he, he kind of tears up at the end as he realizes, you know, he's he's kind of lost the kid. But at the same time, you know, that, that he he's where he belongs, you know. So. I got to ask you, Chris, how many times before you go to do something that you know is going to be difficult, have you not turned that hat backwards? <laughs> well, you know, I don't wear a hat a lot anymore because, you know, I got to protect what I, little I've got left up there. <laughs> gotcha. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's happened a time or two. You know, I know I know you as an old catcher, you probably turned that thing around a few times on your own. So. I hardly ever wear a hat straight, man. It's always backwards for me. So, yeah. Uh, now, that being said, Eric, your vote. I'm going over the top. I have gone back and forth and back and forth on this. I actually agree with you, Eric. What? Um, oh, I'm shocked. I, yeah. You know me, normally I've got a thing for these based on a true story, but so, so far they're 0 for 2 this week. So, interestingly enough, the fan vote, again, super close, Chris. Invincible 51% to over the tops 49. Uh, so one vote. 
one vote made the difference there. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna throw over the top, <clears throat> over the top. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. So kicking and screaming versus over the top in the Sweet 16. Wow. All right, moving on. Number three seated cars, Pixar's cars, the first animated film in our movie uh, movie challenge going up against a surprisingly good and another upset film here. Number 11 seed million dollar arm. Uh, Chris, you get to go first this time. You know, if, if there's one thing to love in cars, it's got to be Mater. <laughs> I, I love me some Mater, and that, that and the the um, oh I can't remember the name now the old car. Oh uh, yeah 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 I know you're talking about the sheriff you're talking about the, the um Lizzie. No the uh, the the uh, the, the old, old the old classic car Lizzie played by Catherine Hellman. No no the uh, yeah it's the it's the is it the judge. The judge, the the judge is um, b- 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 he plays the Blue Hornet, right? Doc yes. Hudson, Paul Newman. Doc Paul Hudson, Newman. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love the Doc Hudson character, especially when they're in the, de- they're in the desert and he's trying to t- teach him how to take the turns. Yeah, yeah. That that for me, you know, love that. Uh, million dollar arm. Yeah, you, you know. I think with that one, I it was more. I just loved the the Indian characters. They were just so hilarious, especially the the scenes where you would have the interactions, like in, in his apartment with the the lady as well, mm-hmm. uh, and in the car. Um, I can't remember the exact exchanges, but just the they have a such a great dry comedic delivery to what they're doing that it adds a lot of humor to the movie. It does. It does. Um, so that that's what does it for me there. How about you? So interestingly enough, and this is going to sound really weird, Chris, Cars feels does not feel animated to me. It actually feels like a real thing. Well, maybe that's because there's so many, you know, really, like you said, you mentioned some of the actors, Paul Newman, Catherine Hellman. There's some there's some quality actors in this, and that probably you know, lends to that, I would think. Yeah, I just I just think the storytelling in Cars is so good. Now, interestingly enough, uh, Million Dollar Arm, the main actor is John Hamm, who was who's also in Maverick, which you brought up, the new uh, Top Gun movie, and yes. he's in tonight's film that we're going to be talking about yes. and reviewing. So tonight's the John Hamm night, I guess. But uh, um, the fact that this is a true story and I had no idea any anything about it, and of course the thing that sticks out to me is Ray, uh, played by Alan Arkin, the old. wise veteran scout who is just it just can't be bothered by any of any of the uh uh, things that are going on in india and yet he sleeps through most of it but yet he's his he's so good at his job that he can hear the speed of a pitch yeah i love that so but you know this is going to be interesting chris which way you go here which way i go Uh, i'll go first here i i think i'm gonna go cars you, you know, this one was tough for me. I really enjoyed Million Dollar Arm, but I'm I'm with you, Eric. I think I'm going to go Cars here as well. There's just something about it, and maybe it's maybe it's the fact that it's it's a movie that I enjoy sitting down and watching with my son. Maybe it's you know I don't know. There's just some kind of connection, kind of like you mentioned it. It feels like 
it's a live action movie as opposed to an animation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's so much to love about it. Now, if it was the sequel, no, but this right. one, yeah, I'm going with cars. All right. And we're not alone. Uh, the listeners by 70, uh, uh, a vote of 76 to 24 percent cars. So clean sweep for cars. It'll move on. And we need to find out who its competition will be against. Uh, Heaven Can't Wait versus Secretariat. Uh, Heaven Can't Wait, the number two seed in the bracket, um, was a surprisingly good movie. I just did not anticipate it being uh, as enjoyable as it was. Warren Betty, I thought, did a great job. Jack Warden, as, uh, as, as old Max Corkle, was great. Um, I thought the comedy in this was actually surprisingly funny, despite the fact that this thing is more of a, a serious film and could be considered a, a sports drama from the late 70s. Um, that's kind of what sticks out for me. Um, the ending of the of the mo- of the film, I think, is kind of uh, unique. And I like that. And uh, the, the, for the most part, the football action wasn't terrible for the time period that this thing was filmed in. For me, Secretariat was a new film when I watched it, and Chris, I loved it, and I think the the performance of uh, Diane Lane as Penny is just fantastic, and who doesn't love a good John Malkovich, cranky old John Malkovich, right, when he yeah. plays Lucian Lauren? I I think um, – I, I, I haven't seen all of – the horse racing films, but I've seen quite a few of them, you know, black beauty, Hidalgo, uh, racing stripes, um, uh, war horse. I think that's in the same vein. Yeah. Secretariat by far is the best one. Out oh, of without any a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. For me, heaven can't wait. Uh, you know, I- I'm with you. I love the comedy aspect of it. And I love the fact that, it kind of still holds up, you know. I, I think as a movie, it kind of still holds up, and, and the premise of it is just great too. Oops, we accidentally killed the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> pick, pick a new body. Yeah. Go, go fix things, and, and we'll come back and see it again. <laughs> you know, um, it was just it was it was kind of like you said, it's, it very much could have been a drama, but at the same time, it was very funny. It. It was just nothing not to like in there. Secretariat for me, two words, Tobey Maguire. I love Tobey Maguire, uh, you know, as an actor. I think he does a tremendous job and he, he does it for me in Secretariat. All right. What are we going to do here, man? Well, I'll tell you what, this one's, this one's a tough one. I, I'll tell you what, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. And as much as I like Heaven Can't Wait, I'm going to go with Secretariat. Well, I'm, I'm glad that that's where you're at because that's also where I'm at tonight, too. I I, I think it, as much as Heaven Can't Wait surprised me, or Heaven Can Wait, I guess, is the actual <laughs> um, yeah. title, um, I think Secretariat blows it away. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And the fans, yeah. what did they say here as I pull that up? Ooh. The listeners went heaven can't wait 51 to 49. Again, another close one. Um, we go against the we go against the fans again, Chris. You know, it, but you know, I I can I can see an argument being made either way and obviously 
in those two where we did go against the fans, it wasn't by much. So, no. I mean, you know, th- there was a lot there. A lot of close ones there, which means we had three upsets this week. Secretariat, over the top, kicking and screaming. We're all uh, lower seated uh, uh, te- uh, uh, movies here. And the number one and number two seeds are gone. And the number four seed, they're gone. Kicking and Screaming is a number nine. Over the top is a number five. That'll be your matchup in the Sweet 16 in this bracket. Cars, a number three seed. And Secretariat, a number seven seed, also in the Sweet 16. This bracket got super interesting, Chris. Oh, it definitely did. Definitely did. And if I'm not mistaken, we now have a few more movies to rank, correct? We do, we do, we do. Absolutely. So um, as I pull up flick chart here, Chris, and we and we add these movies to our flick chart, I've got to ask, which bracket should we be attacking next uh, in the next couple of weeks before we uh, uh, record again? Boy, I'll tell you what. I think there's two brackets that are going to be just tremendous. I think that's going to be the Olympic bracket, and I think the sequel bracket is really going to get good. Um, as I think we see possibly Sylvester Stallone versus Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It could happen. Um, you know what? Let's go to that sequels bracket, I think. Okay. Let's have some fun with that. All right. So there you go. Those are to be the movies that we're going to be uh, watching in the next couple of weeks before we record again. They'll be from the sequels bracket. Searching for Bobby Fischer. Let's add it to our flick chart. It first goes up against from 2006, Glory Road, Chris. You know, Bobby Fischer, it's a, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. It's a little slow for me, though. It's slow, and here's the thing. It's a game movie as opposed to a sports. It's a game movie sports. versus a sports movie. Mm-hmm. I got to go with Glory Road, Eric. Me too. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, searching for Bobby Fischer, which is from 1993 against The Home Team from 2022, uh, which was a new Netflix film that came out this past year. I'm going searching for Bobby Fischer. it's 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 the right decision eric it it is the right decision it is it definitely is the better movie yeah i'm gonna agree with you. okay there i thought you were gonna try to throw a button i was i was thinking about it because (laughs) i i know i enjoyed home team more than you did yeah from 2012 trouble with the curve i'll take trouble with the trouble with the curve yeah from 2008, a film you're not too fond of, Semi-Pro. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bobby Fischer here. Here's where we're going to flip. I'm going to take Semi-Pro. You want heads or tails today? Let me do tails. All right. And tails it is. Searching for Bobby Fischer gets the win. From 1992, Mr. Baseball. Uh, I think I'll take Mr. Baseball here. Uh, yeah. I, I think I will as well. From 1991, Necessary Roughness. Oh, Necessary Roughness. Uh, Yeah, I think I will. Bobby Fisher's the better movie, but Necessary Roughness. I, if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to choose it to watch. 2006, The Flying Scotsman. I'll take Bobby Fisher here. Yeah, I will as well. And Bobby Fischer now sits at number 76 on our flick chart. 
Uh, next up is Invincible, which is this is going to be a re-rank for us. Yeah. Um, this movie has been ranked already. Um, so I won't tell you where it's ranked on our flick chart, Chris. Um, we'll just re-rank it and see what happens here, okay? First up, from 2020, The Way Back. Give me Invincible. Invincible. All right. From 1992, ooh, A League of Their Own. Uh, Eric, I gotta mm. go a League of Their Own here. All right, give me Invincible. Let's flip for this one. Um, this is close for me. Heads, Invincible gets it. Uh, from 2006, we are Marshall. We are Marshall. We are Marshall. Yeah. From 2006, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. You know, Invincible's the better movie, but it, I agree. I'm going to go with Talladega Nights here. All right, let's flip for it. Let's flip for it. All right. You chose heads or tails. I don't remember. Tails. tails. You win. Talladega Nights gets that victory. Uh, from 1979, Rocky 2. You know which way I'm going yeah, here. Yeah, Rocky 2 all day long. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, from 1942, The Pride of the Yankees. Oh, Invincible. I agree. I agree. From 2008, The Wrestler. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. The Wrestler. Mm, let's flip for that one too. All right. And this time it's heads. Invincible gets it. Invincible now number 25. When it started, Chris, it was at 17. It's all about the matchups, Eric. We knocked her out of the top 20. And now sits at number 25. All right. Next up, Million Dollar Arm. This should be very interesting how this one falls. I, this could go one of two ways tonight. Bad or worse? Mm, yeah, I just yeah. – it's going it, to – it's all about the matchups, like you said. It's all about the matchups. That's the thing. 2006, Glory Road. It's a bad matchup. <laughs> it is. Give me Glory Road. I am with you. Uh, from 1986, Rad. Actually, oh, give me a million-dollar arm. Actually, it beat Rad head-to-head in the first round. So, yeah. From 2012, Trouble with the Curve. These are kind of similar movies. Yeah. You know what? Give me a million dollar arm. Let's flip for it again. Man, we're flipping a lot tonight. And Tails, you win. We're going back and forth here. Uh, from 2009, Invictus. Again, these are kind of similar films a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to take million dollar arm here. I'm going to agree with you on this one, Eric. From t- 1985, the original Teen Wolf. <laughs> I know which way you're going. <laughs> you know, I'm not a Teen Wolf fan, but I got to give it to you on this one. All right. You're playing nice tonight. Playing nice. From from 2019, Turkey Bowl. I know which one you're picking. Oh, Turkey Bowl. All day long. Gobble, gobble. From 1998, he got game. Ooh. I think he I got, got game. He got game's got to be the, yeah, it's the better movie. Yeah, I think so. Million Dollar Arms sitting at number 63. So not bad. Some no. almost, right, almost right there in the middle, little less than a little less than 50%. All right. One more to go here before we dive into our movie review for the night. Uh, Heaven Can Wait from 1978. Here we go. Right up first from 2020, The Way Back. 
Uh, uh, give me the way back. Yeah, I agree. From 1986, Rad. Ooh. Uh, heaven can't wait. Or heaven can wait. Ooh. I agree. I agree. 2012, Trouble with the Curve. Give me the curve. Yeah, I'm going to take the curve here as well. From 2006, The Flying Scotsman. Heaven can wait. I agree. From 1992, Mr. Baseball. I'll take baseball. Yep, me as well. From 1991, Necessary Roughness. I'm going to go Necessary Roughness. I agree. Oh, from 1993, Searching for Bobby Fischer. Ooh, I'm going to take Bobby Fischer here. I think I got to agree with you, Eric. Evan Can Wait now sits at number 78. So 78 out of 113 movies ranked on our flip chart. So there you have it, Chris. All right. Well, that's going to bring us up to tonight's movie. And tonight's movie you chose for us was Tag. Now, Eric, I had never seen this movie before, but oh my goodness, I don't know that I have laughed that hard since probably you introduced me to Turkey Bowl. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it was awesome. Anyhow, Tag was originally released June 15th of 2018. It had a budget of $28 million. It did a box office of 54.7, so it nearly doubled up. It was written by Rob McKittrick, Mark Stylin, and the film was based on the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal article, It Takes Planning and Caution to Avoid Being It, and that was written by Russell Adams. It was directed by Jeff Tomsick, produced by Todd Garner and Mark Stylin, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. The music was by Jermaine Franco. The main actors in the film... Ed Helms, who plays Hoagie and is hilarious. John Hamm as Bob Callahan. Jake Johnson as Chili. Hannibal Burris as Sable. Jeremy Renner as Jerry, who, again, I thought was great. Uh, Annabelle Wallace as Rebecca Crosby. Leslie Bibb as Susan. And I think, actually, as we talked about before we started recording, Eric, one of my favorite characters in the movie, Isla Fisher as Anna Molly. The current flick chart stats on TAG. TAG is currently ranked 6,817th globally. 947 users have ranked the film a total of 15,028 times. 15 users actually have this film in their top 20, and one even has it ranked number one. (laughs) Interesting. So, and it was not me, Eric. 
Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Okay. Okay. So there are the stats on tag. Eric, time for the deep dive into the movie. Take it away. Yeah, so let's just start right here, Chris. A group of boys have played the game of tag since they were kids. But the the whole premise of the movie is now they are adults, okay? And so the movie opens up with a scene of them playing tag throughout their childhood. But then we are introduced to some of the main characters very early on as Hogan, who is played by um, uh, Ed Helms, uh, Hoagie or Hogan Malloy uh, is, is what he's, his name is as the character. Um, of course, we know him as from The Office, right? Uh, that's where I know him. Um, he was also in um, Vacation Remakes. Okay, what what am I thinking? Where he loses his tooth? Um, oh, The Hangover. Hangover. Thank you. He's in The Hangover as well. I think that's probably where a lot of people would recognize him from. Anyways, movie opens up with him dressing up, actually going through an interview process, Chris, to get this job as a janitor at this facility that is owned by uh, Bob Callahan, which is played by John Hamm, who we mentioned earlier. And he the whole the whole scheme behind getting this job and becoming a janitor is so that he can get close enough to Bob so that he can tag Callahan and that is and so the, to make him it okay so he's in um, the office of uh, or the uh, or a some kind of office room of Callahan's who's being interviewed um, by the Wall Street Journal about his company um, and uh, Rebecca is the name of the Wall Street Journal journalist who's played by Annabella Wallace and um, she witnesses she witnesses Hogan basically getting to tag Callahan, but Callahan before he's tagged tries to pick up a chair and smash the window in his office to try to get out. And she's like flabbergasted. And of course they try to explain to her a little bit how that they they've been playing this game of tag since they were kids. And during the month of May, they're all getting together. They always get together to play tag once again, because there's this one friend of theirs named Jeremy who they can never tag because he is just the greatest player of tag in the history of tag, right? But, but Hogan tells Callahan this is going to be the year because Jeremy is getting, or excuse me, Jerry is getting married. I kept saying Jeremy because it's played by Jeremy Reiner, but Jerry is getting married this month and this will be their best chance ever to catch him off guard. So they fly to Denver where they meet another friend named Randy Chili Chilano, and they call him Chili for sure. And just to describe who Randy is, I guess, Chris, is would be, can we say pothead? Is that? Oh, he, he's a stoner. Make no mistake that, about it. <laughs> but he plays it off so well, and it becomes like this part of his character. But here's what's funny. So Hogan's wife who they call Molly in the uh, film played by Isla Fisher. Uh, her name's Anna Malloy, um, which Chris and I have, we, we will talk about her shortly. Trust me. She is going to help her husband Hogan and um, Callahan uh, 
throughout this entire uh, fiasco to try to get Jerry, but they're going to go to uh, Chili's first. And so Chili takes off running as he sees them at the door and he's like, you're not going to tag me. And of course the, the pursuit of trying to tag Chili happens and they're, they're running through other people's apartment houses in this apartment complex outside, inside. And finally Chili tries to jump on the drain pipe onto a, uh, air conditioning unit and it falls and he of course falls to uh two stories on top of a car and they're like oh my gosh is he dead but he's not he's very much alive and then what's hilarious is uh hogan was chasing him and then he thinks hogan was it right and then out of nowhere callahan comes and tags him he's like by the way hogan wasn't it it was me <laughs> he didn't tag him eric he tackled him. oh he drilled he him. Yeah, him he totally drilled him like it was a blind side like if it was football dude he would have been ejected you know for uh, targeting uh but then uh at the end of that a three-way slap fight uh assume uh, re- it takes place you know how you tag tag back type of thing so that's funny next they go to oregon where they're going to pick up sable um, Sable is at his therapist and this is, his name is Reggie, but they all call him Sable. Uh, he's at his therapist because he's obviously dealing with some very, very tough things in his life. And all of a sudden they hear something in the closet and Callahan, Hogan, and Chili are all hiding in this therapist closet, right? And uh, she's like, what is going on? And he's like, ah, we play tag. We've been doing it since we were kids. They're like, come on, we're going to go get uh, – we're going to get Jerry. And uh, he gives a great line, Chris. I love this line. Sable says, you guys aren't taking my mental health seriously. <laughs> he kind of play. He kind of plays like a, a depressed character throughout the whole film. But But you know what's kind of funny there too, Eric, is the fact that when he's talking to his therapist just before that, she's trying to tell him, you've got to stop this. There are not people after you. And they're right. all in the closet. <laughs> they're all in the closet. <laughs> all right. So they end up in Spokane, Washington, which is where the gang kind of, I guess, assume, I assume all grew up because they're now uh, convening at Hogan's mom's house in her basement. Right. And in this basement, they call it the war room. It's basically just an awesome dude cave where they hang out, plan their strategies on how they're going to try to tag Jerry. Um, they then go to the local watering hole, which is also another uh, a place that is frequented in this film. Uh, here we meet Lou, the bartender. Uh, Lou desperately wants to play a w- tag with these guys, but um, – <laughs> he's not allowed because he's just not cool. Right. And then Molly also, we find out has, is banned from the bar. And this is when we find out that Molly is a little high strung. Can we say that Chris? She's a, she's a little intense person, a little intense, little intense. Uh, Rebecca's there as well. And um, she gets Lou to break on where Jerry is by basically telling him that she's writing a story for the wall street and journal. And if uh, he tells her and the guys where Jerry is that she'll include him in her um, in her article. And he says, well, Jerry's over at the country club. So they head out to the country club where they're going to try to catch Jerry. And this is where we are introduced to the character, Jeremy, again, played by Jeremy Reiner. And in, in full Matrix 007 fashion, Jerry is able to escape their traps. He's able to move and dodge any type of attempt of tagging him that they can do. Um, and this, and then they finally meet. They also get to meet Jerry's soon-to-be wife, Susan. And here they get them to write an agreement that they won't tag him during any of the wedding 
ceremony. But he is free game before or after any of those moments. Chris, that was the introductory of the film where we got to meet the majority of the characters and the plot for what this movie is going to be all about. What would you think of the first third of the movie? I loved it. I loved I loved the way they 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 introduced us to the characters. You know, the the, the funny part too, you, you know, you'd mentioned the the uh, interview at the beginning with Ed Helms with Hoagie's care the Hoagie character applying for the janitor's position and he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> he's a doctor applying for a janitor's position. Yeah, I like the guy who interviews like, uh, aren't you a little overqualified the, 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 for this? Yeah, interview, this has been my little, dream. Little Rel, yeah. <laughs> little Rel, I think that was the comedian who played, uh, played uh, the, the, the guy doing the interview. It was just, he was great. But uh, yeah, I thought they did a great job of developing the characters. Um, I love the way that, that Jerry like walks you through everything as far as what's going on when they're about to trying to tag him, you know, it's like, Oh, he's doing this. Oh, his overconfidence is going to be his downfall. And yeah, he walks through just before what he's going to do to them before he does it. I love that. And then, like you said, Isla Fisher's character, just hilarious. Oh, she Um, makes the movie for me, dude. She does. Absolutely. Very reminiscent of the type of intense psychotic character. Did you ever see the wedding singer? I'm sure. Oh yeah, where she that, that's the same kind of intense, crazy the vibe that she puts off during this movie. How and about it, the it, how it, about it the works. how about the cheerleaders, the cheerleader wives in Turkey Bowl? Yes, that kind of like we're really we're we're going to go over the top to support our husbands and trying to in this crazy you know game here that they're playing as adults, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was yeah, it was a great way to introduce the movie and. You know, we we saw a lot of these characters along the way that are in this movie who have spent time on Saturday Night Live. So I wonder if there's some kind of tie in there, too, uh, with maybe some of the production staff or the or the, you know, the 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 uh, casting Mm -hmm. uh, making the casting decisions, because we saw, you know, the the mother was uh, I can't remember her name, but she was a Saturday Night Live character for years. Of course, Hannibal Burris is it was on Saturday Night Live for a while. Uh, Ed Helms. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, they did a great job of introducing these characters. I love the first portion of the movie. And I just, like I said, I couldn't stop laughing. All right. Second part of the film, they reconvene at back at the lose bar where they explain the rules of the game tag as adults now to Rebecca, the, the journalist who's tagging along for all of this. Um, this is when they decide. They're going to break into Jerry's home, okay? And this is the first time outside of the Matrix-like moves that Jerry had to avoid being tagged there at the country club that we see kind of the sadistic side of Jerry here, okay? So they break into his home. Jerry isn't there, but he has a video waiting for them where he actually is. He's at Hogan's house in the basement and he's got one of Hogan or Hogan's room, old room. And he's got one of Hogan's old stuffed animals. And let's just say what he's saying. He's going to do this stuffed animal is not a good. And of course, Hogan's like, you wouldn't dare. So they all jump in, they rush in the van, they run over to Hogan's house. And when they get there, he's not there. 
However, he has a video set up where he shows them he was in his own basement doing this the entire time where he had a backdrop set up that looked just like Hogan's room. So he duped them once again. Um, Rebecca continues interviewing the guys about why they can't tag Jerry after the scene. Um, and um, this is before the gang who's all hanging out at Hogan's house. Uh, and Hogan then uh, sets up a ploy at the mall. He's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I found out when I was over at his house that he's got this business over at the mall where he's got like this workout, you know, uh, a facility for people. And I'm going to dress up like an old granny and I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to trick him. But Jerry's uh, senses, his sense of smell and his ability to somehow uh, get time to seem to slow down just gives him the advantage. And he realizes that no grandma would be wearing the shoes that he sees under this granny's outfit. And he realizes this has got to be Hogan. And he does this little twist move to avoid the tag and then uh, uh, then just kicks his butt in front of everybody at the mall the cops show up right and you think oh no the cops are gonna arrest jerry for beating up this old lady oh no they love jerry jerry helps them work out <laughs> i love the line was she bought was this lady bothering you jerry <laughs> right as he's sitting on top of her using the walk walker to use the walker down. yeah i love it this uh, this gets us to the rehearsal dinner. So this is the first time in Jerry's wedding where the gang is not allowed to tag him. Um, they have a short powwow where they try to come up with a plan, but then they find out, Chris, that Jerry's fiance Susan is pregnant. Dun dun dun! A little twist here. Uh, Cheryl Deacons shows up. This is the first time that we learn about a new character named Cheryl, played by the beautiful Rashida Jones. And we also find out that Chili and Callahan have always had this rivalry with each other, not just with Tag, but who's going to win the love of Cheryl Deacons. Um, so first, Jerry, uh, at first, Chili tries to make his move, then Callahan, but then the guys figure out quite early that Jerry is the one who has invited her to this to become a distraction for them. And it is working of course. And I love the, I love how Jerry just kind of rubs it in during the uh, uh, rehearsal dinner, how he just gets behind him and just makes these comments just to almost stab the knife in a little bit further with these guys. Uh, Chili strikes out. And, and so Callahan follows Cheryl into the bathroom, which is interesting. Um, and he gets his attempt to try to win her over as well. Um, we then see where the gang is now all in position because the rehearsal dinner is about to end. And they think they've got every exit covered. But there's a problem, Chris. Callahan is having a drink with Cheryl. He has been distracted. This gives Jerry the ability to make his escape out of the country club. He jumps down off of a deck into a golf cart. The hot pursuit by the gang is on. They all jump in a golf cart as well, including Hogan, Chili, and, and, and Sable. And they, they are the pursuit is on. 
And then this is also a scene where Rebecca is interviewing Molly on a park bench as they ride by in these golf carts behind them. And Molly, who's acting all sophisticated with wine, you know, a glass of champagne and everything, sees what's going on and stands up and just yells and swears for them to go catch him. Right. And Rebecca's like, oh, my gosh, this lady is crazy. <laughs> However, the pursuit on golf carts doesn't end well for the gang. They wreck into a woods. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie, to be honest with you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Jerry is waiting for them in the woods. He's not only waiting for them in the woods, but he um, he has basically set them up to fail miserably and, and, and painfully, I guess you could say, in the woods. And they're chasing him, but then all of a sudden they see all of these different people dressed just like Jerry was kind of reminds you of the scene from uh, V for Vendetta where everybody yes. looks the same, you know, you don't really know who the culprit is here. And so they go off. Each one of them goes off trying to chase each one. Chili gets knocked out by a swinging log straight from like star Wars, you know, uh, where the um, Ewoks uh, have those logs tied to ropes. Yep. Hogan is caught in a net that was triggered by a twig. And now he's swinging from a tree and then Sable Sable tags uh, 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 or uh, Sable tags uh, Hogan. So then he can go out the pursuit and uh, he thinks he's found Jerry. But then when the guy turns around, it's not Jerry. It scares him to death. He falls back, hits a tree. And this is when Jerry decides to knock him out with chloroform to absolutely you know, put him to sleep. <laughs> Next thing you know, Sable wakes up in the back of an Uber vehicle with the gang, and they're reflecting on how in the world uh, they can't catch him as Rebecca continues to ask if Jerry is even a friend since they don't even see him outside of the game of tag. I thought that was a interesting little angle that they started playing in the movie there. And uh, that scene was incredible. You want to you want to you want to talk about that a little bit before we continue on here at the second second part because I knew it, that one was just enjoyable all around. Yeah, that was great. I mean, the the, the log was tremendous. Um, it, you know, you mentioned the Ewok. It's kind of like the he had been watching Return of the Jedi before they decided <laughs> to put this together because you had the Ewok log, you had Chewbacca up in the net. Yep, and then. Uh, of course, the chloroform. <laughs> Who does that to somebody? Um, uh, like a serial killer, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was just it was it was great from start to finish. The scene, um, the the chase was wonderful, and, and the you know you mentioned how crazy Molly went, but yeah, the best that. part was I think the fact that. You know, his fiance saw this happen. She just turned around and just played it back all, all like it was not happening. Yep. Uh, you know, just like, oh, well, yeah, we hit that time. We, she knew it was coming. You got uh, it. You know, just great. And then, uh, of course, where they get, as they're coming back, and they eventually run into Bob, you know, shortly after this scene that we're talking about, you, you know, you, well, I'll, I'll let you get into that because – Another twist in the the Bob Chili saga starts here. Yeah, Bob Callahan. Yeah, so Callahan shows up. Bob Callahan shows up at the bar where they're all at and uh, to pick them up. And Chili doesn't want to go with them to Jerry's gym because they're they're, because they're they've, hurt his yeah, knee. 
Yeah, he hurt his knee during that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're all going to go to Jerry's gym because they they think if they get there, they can then talk to someone who's going to let them know where he's at now. So, But Chili stays behind, and guess who's waiting for him in the bar when he goes in? There's Cheryl. <laughs> so, again, the Callahan Chili um, – uh, exercise on who's going to try to pick up the love of Cheryl continues. Um, the gang arrives at Jerry's gym where Dave, the front desk homophobe, waiting is waiting for them. Uh, Dave is played by Thomas Middle uh, Middleditch, a uh, great actor as well. Um, uh, gosh, this is hilarious, man. He won't take a bribe. They keep bribing him. He won't take it. And every time he has a comment, it's very homophobic. Uh, they decide they're going to waterboard him. Chris, they're trying to tie him up and they're going to start drowning him with water until he tells them where in the world uh, Jerry is. And of course, um, this whole time, Rebecca, the reporter is watching this in like disbelief. She's like, is this really going to happen? <laughs> well, well um, guys don't want to go through with it, but yeah. So, so basically you got it right. Like uh, uh, Dave tells them um, that like he knew they were coming. He's not going to do it. And then, they're, they're, they're like, we're not really going to do this. We can't do this. And then Molly's like, no, we are. We are going to do this. <laughs> she is so intense. But then finally Dave says, all right, all right, I'll do it for $2,000. And, and like, I think they got up to, what was it, $1,500? He wouldn't do it? Yeah, they got but up now, to $1,500. And he's like, well, I'll do it for two. And yeah. It, yeah. Why didn't you just tell us that from the beginning? Yeah. So they find out that, that Jerry, the next morning, is going to be at a church because he goes to – AA meetings every morning. So they find that out. Meanwhile, when they get back to the bar, that's when they find Chili still drinking with Cheryl. And Callahan and Chili have a tag tizzy is what I will call that. Um, and then, then Cheryl basically calls them children and walks out. She can't believe that these two guys are still doing this. And then Hogan comes by and he's able to refocus both of them and says, all right, guys, uh, we know where Jerry's going to be in the morning. We need to get ready for this. So they show up at the AA meeting where they lock the church down so that no one can get out. Jerry gets up to, to speak at the AA meeting when he smells weed. And he knows right away, Chili's here. Hogan tags Chili. Uh, Chili tries, he misses. Hogan tags Chili, who uh, is taken out by coffee. Hogan, um, uh, Hogan is taken out by donuts. donuts. Call <laughs> Callahan is taken out by a fire extinguisher. No one can get this guy. Uh, Jerry uh, goes to climbs these uh, stack stairs, and he's going to bust out of a stained glass window. When he looks out, and the entire church lawn is covered in mousetraps. <laughs> but but of all the things that are wrong in this movie, Eric, who breaks the stained glass window out of a church? I know. That's <laughs> Jerry that? for you, right? Yeah. So Jerry's not going to be able to jump out the window, so he, he gets us down and he locks himself in the kitchen where they believe they now have him trapped with five hours left before his wedding. This is when Susan, his fiance, shows up and a frenzy because they are supposed to be getting their wedding pictures in an hour and here these guys have her have him trapped in there and then all of a sudden she starts complaining that she's hurting in her belly and there's real concern that she might be losing her baby and the guys are like oh this this isn't good like we've taken this too far jerry comes out to console her 
and they don't know whether they should go and tag him or not. They like they like have this debate with each other. Like, oh, Chili knows. We've Chili never knows. we've never had him vulnerable. But Chili's like, it's it's not true. This is a plan. They're faking, and they're like, no, this looks real, man. This looks real. And so they let him go. They let him go. They had him, Chris, but they let him go. They all go back to Hogan's basement where they are just feeling terrible when Molly gets an idea about how she can find out if all of these posts on social media from all the bridesmaids is really true or fake. And she makes an an Instagram account for – I think it was Callahan if I'm not mistaken. It it was for Callahan, and it's best that we don't dive in on this podcast as to exactly how she knew who to uh... (laughs) – yeah, but here's the thing. They immediately found out it was fake, and they're like, oh, my gosh. She faked this miscarriage, um, and then Hogan literally goes off, Chris. He destroys yeah. his basement in complete frustration, and now they know they've only got just a little bit of time left to get this guy, and his wedding is coming up. And should they even go or not, they're making their decision on what to do. That is the middle part, second part, the meat of the middle of the movie. What do you think, Chris? Uh, again, it was great. Uh, so many, so many things were just wrong in this portion of the movie. <laughs> but I mean, it made for it made for entertaining, for good entertainment. But just you know, like I said, that you break a church window out, you 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 fake a miscarriage, you know, things that you know. It's wrong, but it made for some hilarious moments in the movie. And, you know, I thought that the the thing with uh, Hoagie, where he went off at the end of that segment of the movie was just, you know, it was really, it was intense. And, uh, you know, I think it really kind of captured his character and what all of it meant to him. Um. And, and yeah, I, again, I just thought it was a great segment of the movie. All right, here we go. The conclusion. They decide to get all dressed up and show up at the wedding. Uh, they're all friends, by the way. I mean, it'd be really a jerk move on their part to not show up. And when they get there, who's drinking? Uh, a, I guess a pre-wedding uh, right. celebration drink. Well, that would be Susan. So she obviously isn't pregnant. And then, of course, they have this conversation where Susan basically says, I did this for him because, you know, uh, we had this plan the entire time. The uh, uh, wedding ceremony begins um, and Hogan is starting to daydream about how this would be the perfect opportunity. And even though he wrote the contract, he just can't hold back. And he daydreams that while they he's kissing the bride, he runs down the aisle and is able to tag Jerry. And in his in his vision, Chris, he does it. He sees himself tagging Jerry and the entire congregation at the wedding stands up in celebration. But while he's daydreaming this, Chris, reality strikes. He's running down the aisle and he totally misses. He dives for Jerry. Jerry moves out of the way. He goes right between them, tackling the pastor of the wedding, played by comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, I think is how he pronounces his name. Hilarious dude, by the way. Love his stand-up. A nice little cameo by him. And by the way, his wedding ceremony is hilarious because he's a character uh, who Jerry met at AA. (laughs) 
So, and, and, and he was going through a rough time, as I believe there was some prison involved. There was a prison involvement and lots of lots of bad things happening in his life. Yeah. Anywho, Hogan knocks himself out. He's unconscious. When we wake, when he wakes back up, or when we next see the see him, he's in the hospital, and Chili is wondering if Hogan is faking it or not. Again, Chili's always wondering those things, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Cheryl shows up at the hospital, um, uh, to the you know to uh, by the invitation of Chili and uh, Callahan, uh, and this is a hilarious scene. Chili makes this really awkward move at her. <laughs> And she agrees to go out with him, which I thought was a, a nice little ending to that little storyline yeah. in the movie. Um, they all move into Hogan's room where he lets everyone know that he's got a tumor. He's known he's had a tumor and he might not be alive for next season, which is why he made up the story that Jerry was going to retire at the end of the season to get everybody excited at trying to get him. Jerry's on FaceTime with Hogan uh, this whole time. And Hogan tells everyone that he loves them all, and he apologizes for Jerry for messing up his wedding. And then Jerry hangs up and then walks into the room. He was actually calling him from outside the room. And then Hogan asks Jerry to let him tag him. There's five minutes left in May. It's almost midnight. No one's ever tagged him. It's been his dream to tag him. I'm not going to live. I'm, and, and, and so please just let me tag you. This might be my only opportunity I ever get. And this is my like basically my dying wish. And Jerry's like, I can't do it. And then he changes his mind. He said, well, the guilt trip he lays on him is pretty good. Yeah, he lays a good guilt trip on him. Jerry lets Hogan tag him as 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 the as his last wish. And and then. And, and then he tags Callahan and says and runs away with only five minutes left in May. And what pursues is this hilarious ending scene where they're all running and playing. And then they make a new decree that Molly can join. And then Rebecca has to join. And so all of this troop of people are running around the hospital, tagging each other and out of the room with his IV comes Hogan and he gets tagged and then he tags back. And, and, and this is essentially how the movie ends. And then what I love next is you then actually, actually see the live footage of the real guys who this movie was based off of playing tag, um, which is just hysterical. And you realize, Holy crap, this thing was based on a on a true story the entire time. What a hilarious finish and a and a really charming finish to a very funny movie. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, a great. You know, for the first ninety percent of this movie, this ninety five percent of the movie, this was a great comedy. Boy, and then that last five ten minutes in the hospital just. They went turned it on its head, didn't it? They, they turned it on its head. It's, you know, it took it and made it this, you know, at first sad turned feel good story, you know, with, with you know, it, you know, Hoagie, who's pretty much the lead character, the guy who's been holding this game together all these years, you know, possibly this being his last game, uh, you know, and, and I'm with you. I love the way they ended. I love the game of tag at the end where they kind of like, you know, they they include the women, and I think that was kind of their way of saying, okay, well, Hoagie can't be here. Well, you get to carry on that tradition type thing. Yeah. And yeah, that was, I mean, for for as much of a raunchy comedy as it was for a lot of the movie, 
Um, yeah, that, that was really kind of a heartwarming ending to it. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the, the clips at the end of seeing those guys play, there was just something special about that. And I really, really, I enjoyed the movie start to finish. Um, like I said, couldn't stop laughing for a majority of it. And then, Oh my God, what he was going to do to that poor teddy bear. Oh gosh. But yeah, I thought it was a really good movie, Eric. All right. So let's add it to the flick chart, Chris, to see where it goes here. All right, from 2020, its first competition is The Way Back. Yeah, The Way Back's awful good, but I'm going to go with Tag. Hmm. Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias. Maybe it's just because I felt like laughing a little bit today, but I'm going with Tag. I think I'm going to go with The Way Back ever so slightly here. Um, You were heads, I believe? I was tails. You were tails. All right. Heads it is. It's going to go the the way of the way back. All right. From 1986, rad tag all day long. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up from the year 2000, love and basketball. You love basketball. Pretty good movie, but I'm going to take tag. I'm going to go tag as well. From 2009, Invictus. So a very serious film against one that is completely unserious. Whew, I think I might go tag. I think tag is more I think I'm going to agree with you, Eric. Oh, here we go. From 2019, the Turkey Bowl. Oh. Oh, it's like Clash of the Titans here. Uh, these these are the two. Okay, I'm going to say something before you vote. Since the year t- 2005, these yeah. might be the two best, two of the better comedies out there that have been made. I don't disagree. I mean, a lot of the new comedy is terrible. These two for newer comedy movies, one being made in 2018, the other in 2019, pretty doggone funny. Well, most of the new comedy is either complete trash or it's it's trying to be too politically correct. Correct. Yes, so, I agree. You know what? I love I love this here. I love the fact that it's based on a true story. I got to go Turkey Bowl, I think, Eric. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Turkey Bowl's just it's just got more meat there for me. Uh, from 1998, he got game. I'll take tag. I'll take tag as well. All right. Uh, that puts us at number 62 right behind the Turkey Bowl. So from let's see here let's go 60 to 70 let's do that number 60 is uh teen wolf number 61 the turkey bowl number 62 tag number 63 he got game six number 64 million dollar arm number 65 invictus number 66 victory number 67 the green the big green number 68 swimming upstream Number 69, Pele, The Birth of a Legend. And number 70, Slapshot 2, Breaking the Ice. Well, there's there's some really good movies that are ranked pretty far down there in the 60s. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking over the 50s. And I think the 60 movies might actually be slightly better. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so there you have it, guys. That is this week's show, Chris. Um, what are we watching next time? 
Well, you know, you, you got me in a comedy sort of mood, Eric. But we're, we're going to do it 80 style. We're going to go with Johnny B. Good. I just watched that I did about too. a month ago. I and just I, happened to watch it the other day. I was bored and I threw in the DVD and let me tell you, I still love it. You know, you, you, you've got, uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's the film, uh, film debut for Uma Thurman. Uh, you've got, uh, oh, now I'm going to forget his name. The lead guy. Oh, from the yeah. breakfast club. Yeah. I totally vacation. see his, Yeah. I totally see his face too. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. I knew Michael was in there somewhere. But uh, yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, just a, a tremendously funny guy. Um, yeah, I think I, I, it's a pretty funny movie, Eric. I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. So that is what we are going to do next week. Beautiful. You know what I love about that movie? There's a there is a cameo by Howard Cosell in that movie. Howard Cosell. Uh, you know, Paul Gleason, who was just such a fun bad guy for the 80s, you know, he yeah, was he was the, uh, the principal in uh, Breakfast Club. He he was in uh, Johnny B. Good. Just such a great, great, uh, great bad guy. Um, um, trading spaces too. trading, trading spaces. places, trading places. Yeah. Yeah. Trading places, yeah. yeah. That's so. a funny one, too. So uh, next awesome. time, that sounds like a fun one to watch, I think. Let's do it. All right. And that does it for today's show. Remember to please rank and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash varsity videos. Until next time, see you at the field, on the court, and in the theater. Good night, everybody. Good night. credit card bill.